Welcome to the Jag Podcast. My name is Anthony and I'm joined today by Madeline. Madeline, if you want to say hello. Hi. Hi, it's great to have you with us. Uh, for those new to Jag, uh, it stands for the Joint Advisory Group on GI Endoscopy. We were founded in 1994 and have been aiming to improve GI Endoscopy services ever since. This podcast will aim to help you and your service understand more about Jag and the elements of becoming accredited. We are joined by SAS Banerjee. Regional Director for London, SAS, if you'd like to say hello. Hi, everybody. Hi, you okay? Excellent. Uh, He will be giving us insights into his role within JAG and information on waiting times, and which I think will help your service a lot. Uh, We've already had a little preview into your role and who you are, um, but could you just tell us a little bit more about that then, SAS? Sure. Thank you, Anthony, and thank you, Madeline, for the uh, opportunity. And um, for people listening in, this is a really useful podcast. I'm sure you might have heard the other podcasts as well. But my role for London as the the endoscopy director with NHSE uh, started in the middle of the pandemic, uh, when I think we all know uh, the entire country was affected by the concern about aerosol generation and we had a massive spike of patients who were waiting for diagnostics and slowly but steadily London was on the front foot and was able to spearhead the recovery of the service to the point that I think we have only about three and a half thousand patients that are breaching DMO1 in London And in comparison to the rest of the country, the cumulative total is about 190,000. That's about two full Wembley stadiums. And that's a real worry. And for people who are not familiar with DMO1, that means someone who's referred for a diagnostic test on the routine pathway, they should, 99% of them ideally, as per the NHS standards, should have it done within six weeks. So that gives you the scale of how much Uh, of a challenge we have to deal with. So considering London has done well, we're now trying to help other parts of the country understand how we were able to uh, probably be the first in terms of uh, the recovery. But we are also learning at the same time from our partners in other parts of the country for excellent work they have done. So, Sas, I was wondering, could we just talk about waiting times? Um, so how to combat waiting times has always been a really big topic of conversation within healthcare. Um, you've been known to have experience dealing with this. So could you just tell us a little bit about that and how you approached it? OK, so I think uh, when you say I approached it, it was very much a massive team effort and a real of credit course, to the course. team who uh, sort of came together during the pandemic. and. Probably one of the good things we've learned through the pandemic is how the clinical teams have worked with the operational teams in terms of delivering care uh, and supported by the executives. What we saw was um, a real effort not to um, incentivize and promote the independent sector. And there was a real push for the core infrastructure of the NHS to be um, made very strong. And it started with every aspect of the patient. So there was funding put in to try and uh, get admin and clerical teams, which are a fundamental part of endoscopy. And we often forget them. 
And every time there is a SIP saving conversation within a trust, the admin and clerical team seem to be the one who get it in the neck. So there was funding put in and not just funding and training programs being put in in combination with JAG and the London Endoscopy Academy with the southwest region of uh, the UK, of England. Um, in, in, in addition to just thinking about admin and clerical, there was funding put in for um, revenue for nursing as well as in terms of additional sessions. But at the same time, there was a conversation across London how we can try and uh, rationalise rates for additional activity. When you are trying to recover from a very difficult position, what you don't want is competition. Yes, competition's good in most situations, but London worked together. And in terms of capacity, what happened was there was a lot of funding put in to try and get providers kit that they did not have, to put additional rooms that we didn't have before the pandemic. So about two and a half years down the line, we have a really strong London in terms of endoscopy, where endoscopy facilities have been buff buffered um, with additional rooms, kit, personnel, and also training now with the London Endoscopy Academy. Thanks. Now, sorry, sorry, if I can just also mm. add a little bit more. Now, when at the initial peak of all this, when the recovery started, it was quite frenetic with twice a day meetings and data that was looking at how much activity was happening. And that, of course, started to take a bit of a back foot as the recovery was progressing at pace. When it as when it is right now, where London's at a reasonably good place with just about three and a half thousand patients waiting, we are focusing less on performance, but more on transformation. Uh, but at the same time, we collect data on a regular basis to see which providers doing well and how we can learn from them. And there is a slow but steady um, focus now on productivity and utilization, trying to get each JAG um, each session, each endoscopy session, to be at least about 10, 10 and a half, 11 points. These are JAG points. And, and the focus on that is really critical because we want to ensure training happens at the same time as a service list. Sorry for interrupting, Madeline. No, no, no. Thank you. I jumped the gun. Um, you're completely correct. It is a whole team approach. Uh, I should have I should have clarified. Um, I think that's really interesting what you've said, um, and it is important, as you say, to not kind of incentivize the private sector. So there was cross London work, so it was a regional approach. This probably sounds a bit silly, but would you say that that was one of the key reasons why it was successful? Definitely. I think this was the first time providers were not competing against each other. Uh, the what we now call the ICBs were not competing against each other. So in the past, and not too distant past, they used to be called CCGs. So there's a real sort of sense of team uh, and where people realised that there was a need for mutual aid. And so there were parts of northeast London that were giving each other mutual aid. And now there are um, sort of providers within North Central that are receiving mutual aid from northeast London. By working as one uh, region, we were able to negotiate uh, with the industry and get multi-million pound savings, which actually helps the patient ultimately, because 
uh, that ultimately goes back into our kitty. Yeah, yeah, that that's great too because you're right. It doesn't necessarily always work. There is, you know, a lot of competition, and that's the way that certain areas have been set up. Um, but but pushing forward as a regional approach is obviously hugely beneficial. Um, and and yeah, it's great to hear how well it's working. I just had another question. You talked about finding additional rooms. Um, which is always a challenge finding space. Was it that you found additional rooms in existing sites and you found space within the sites that you have? Or was it, you know, a, a different approach where you possibly found additional sites, additional rooms off site? So a mix of both. I think um, specifically for my trust, which uh, is in east end of town, um, we had uh, a room that was very much within the endoscopy unit, but was being used for a different purpose. It already had been had the right capability of being an endoscopy room, and we were able to encourage the colleagues who were working within that particular room to find alternative space. And just by very little work, we were able to acquire an additional room, but it required more kit. But yes. there were other parts of London that actually had to invest in bricks and mortar to try and get an additional room. Uh, going forward, what has happened is, of course, there's a fair amount of endoscopy capital that's been released by NHS England. And the first aspect of this was this financial year, when there was a need to level up the number of rooms that uh, each ICB has per uh, 100,000 or 50-year-olds and more. Now, this was this came from the JAG census that was done in 2021. This was the first time I think the JAG census was done in conjunction with NHSE, and we used that data nationally to try and see uh, what would be the leveling up or the baseline. The baseline was thought to be three and a half rooms, and so there were two parts of London where we realised that that figure was well below. So for the first tranche of um, the capital that was allocated, these two um, integrated care boards were preferentially encouraged to put in their bids. Uh, and in addition to that, the second part of the funding that has been released this year was to try and encourage providers that are not JAG accredited to give them capital to move forward with their JAG accreditation status. That's great. That's really interesting um, to hear about the data from the JAG census and how the 3.5 rooms. So would you say that across London, uh, the services all now have a minimum of 3.5 rooms? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, well, that's the aspiration. So aspiration. Uh, I think so there were one particular ICB were not able to get there. Um, they had to withdraw their um, bid, but we are very certain that the current lot of bids, which is for the next two financial years, that ICB has put in a very strong bid. So in the next, by March 2024, we will definitely have all of our ICBs at least at 3.5, but we have to bear in mind that the 3.5 is a minimum. Yes. London uh, growth is different in different parts. And of course, uh, deprivation in London um, and the diversity in London is, again, very different to the other parts of the country. In a way, we're really proud of what London is, 
But of course, there with every challenge also comes very interesting opportunities. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's um it's really important that the service that is being provided is reflective of the patient population. And that obviously yeah. varies from, you know, country to country, region to region, but also as you say, within one region, it can it can vary quite a lot. Um and I I think that, as you say, is really important in that we don't have a stock take of, you know, a minimum of three point five rooms and that different areas might need might need the additional resources or, or support. Um, you kind of touched on the fact that we need three things in order to reduce waiting times. You need the, the space, as you said, the additional rooms, um, but there's also the kit and the staffing. As you said, there's there's money and, you know, you have been able to source additional kit. Staffing is always a, a tricky one. Um, you mentioned, you know, supporting the admin and clerical team and that they're key. Um, but I know that nursing is also an area where where sometimes we can struggle to to, to get the numbers. Is there anything that you did specifically around around that? Yes. Um, so the two elements to nursing, of course, one is um, we have to think about the colleagues that sort of work in the rooms, work in recovery, and uh, the second part, of course, is decon. Uh, I am not talking about the clinical endoscopist. That's, of course, is a fantastic cohort of colleagues that work with us. And uh, as you know, that that they probably have one of the best training programs in the country. So specifically about endoscopy nurses, what is being done is uh, they are very much part of the JAG program to try and upskill their skills. And in addition, I think they are being encouraged also through the London Endoscopy Academy to take part in the endoscopy non-technical skills courses to understand how we work as a team. Now, some of us have had the opportunity to become trainers through the program that happens at Homerton University Hospital and all nursing uh, in endoscopy, they're being encouraged to also take part in that. And I think there are incredibly skilled bunch of colleagues that provide um, a fantastic service. What they don't always feel is how um, we sometimes can do things better uh, as, whilst we work together as a team. And as an endoscopist myself, I may not be communicating well with my colleague who's the nurse. And it might happen the same way around. So that is something that's really moving at pace uh, within London. Thank you. It sounds like um, under your leadership as, you know, regional director for London that you've made huge, huge improvement. And um, it's it's really great to hear that you managed to bring everybody together, work collectively um, and, and hopefully push waiting times down. Um, well, I think um, there it's not all um, sort of sunlit meadows, as there, the, the phrase goes, because the difficulty is pay and pension. Now, um, if it is to encourage colleagues to do additional work, and that applies, I can't do a procedure without a nurse, without somebody who's actually bringing the patient in through admin and clerical, uh, and with uh, without sort of my decon colleagues. So everybody has to pull in together. And there is a lot of concern, of course, right now. And I, I'd be a fool to say that it's all um, optimism. And and I think JAG has its own part to do. NHSC has its own part to do to make sure that 
we reassure our colleagues that we're doing our level best to try and see what can be done about pay and pension. Um, and it has to be worth our while. Um, we, we come to work to try and provide a really good level of service to our patients. But of course, ultimately, uh, there has to be a degree of um, feeling rewarded financially as well. I don't think that's uh, not, not unfair to say that. So uh, I think that is uh, probably the elephant in the room to try and deal with all the extra work that we have to do and to maintain the goodwill considering everything that um, not just the endoscopy teams, all of the NHS has done over the last two and a half years. Yep. Yeah, completely agree. There's a the NHS have, have had a lot of pressure and they've stepped up over over the past couple of years. Thank you, Sas. I'm going to hand you back over um, to Anthony. Sas, um, that was a that was really nice to listen to. Um, I just kind of like to ask you, what would your kind of top tips for uh, services be to help themselves become accredited when looking at waiting times it's such a such a big part of, of becoming accredited um it's it's one of the main templates that we look at in in, in jag so i'm just wondering if have you got anything at the front of your mind right now sas's top tips of 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 what you would say to services uh, well it's a very uh, interesting question i think Firstly, look after your staff. And if you have happy staff and you happy colleagues, they will provide the care that you need. And I think it sounds a bit cliched, but it is really true. The second is, of course, and this is what we did because we were going through the cycle when I became the endoscopy lead. Um, we were at the annual upload and then we were looking at when we would have a five year visit. And that gave us time. but trying to come to a JAG day where they actually talk to you about the process of accreditation and looking at the website to get into the detail of how it is actually done best, speaking to colleagues within the region who have actually been recently accredited. And um, certainly I am very fortunate that I have been part of a team that had a fantastic visit from the JAG accreditation team in June. Um, they were very delighted at to, as to what they saw. And they did say that if we were able to open up two different colleagues, uh, we would be, um, they, they would really appreciate that. And we did say we would be happy to do that. So there are um, services that have recently been accredited like us. Uh, and when I say us, I'm in Barking, Havering, Redbridge uh, in Romford and, and Goodmays. So you're more than welcome to come and see us or get in touch with us. And if that's a bit distant away from you, find somebody who's a local friend and they'll also be able to guide you through the process. In addition, there is a little secret that there are accredited. Um, I'll try and say this in the most diplomatic way. So there are colleagues who are a part of the accreditation team um, and they might have secret tips and tricks that might be able to help you when you're reasonably close to the submission stage. There's nothing wrong with having a, a friendly person coming and giving you a bit of critique. So, and that would of course be a nurse, a manager, and um, and 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 a clinician. 
if you try and get that, that would be a real um, boost to your service and maybe try and pick up anything that might not be as right as you want it to be before the formal visit. So I think these are my few simple tips, but the most important thing is look after your staff. Sas, I think that's a that's a great thing to uh, to say. I think those tips are really helpful, and I know they're going to help a lot of a lot of services that are listening to this. Um, I'd just like to thank you for coming today. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. I really have enjoyed it. I probably would have enjoyed it more in person, but uh, that will be for another day. Thank you yeah, very much. I, I hope so. Um, I hope the listeners enjoyed listening today as well. We hope you found it informative. We have more interviews to help you and your service available wherever you get your podcasts. You can keep also keep up to date with all things JAG by checking out our website, which has a lot of information on there, a lot of resources, a lot of articles about things going on in GI endoscopy. That's the jag.org.uk. And our Twitter, at JAG underscore endoscopy, is where you'll also find some good content as well. Um, We hope you have a nice time, and we'll see you next time.